Yes, welcome on into Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And today we're talking international draft. We talked about the issues with the system last Wednesday with Jeff Paternostro of Baseball Respectus, but the guys did sign over the weekend. So we're going to talk about where everybody went. And I think in the first segment, we're going to talk about the biggest names and the, the teams that did the, the most in international free agency. We, so we have to lead off with the Nationals. Uh, second year in a row that they went out there and went really big. They got outfielder Christian Vaquero from Cuba, uh, 6'3", 180. Uh, it was the top bonus in this year's pool, so $4.9 million. And you'll remember they did that last year. Shortstop Armando Cruz from the Dominican, same idea. They went out, paid the top money to uh, to a big name. So... The thing about Christian Vaquero is center fielder with plus speed. He has good defensive instincts and a plus arm and uh, left-handed batter. So he has that fundamentally uh, sound swing and he can have plus power. I mean, he's, the potential is there for plus power. Uh, his frame is is lean, very projectable. He's going to get stronger and he can grow into those tools. Uh, he recently started switch hitting, but... Right-handed batting still not necessarily where it needs to be yet. But this pick is big for the Nationals because this system as a whole is really focused around pitching. A lot of the strengths the Nationals have when it comes to their farm system is in their arms. Uh, Whether it's guys who are going to be starters or just somebody who's going to be a reliever. They have a lot of guys who throw a lot of heat in that system, but position players are lacking. And specifically, they don't have a lot of impact bats. Uh, They don't have a lot of of corner infielders. And so, you know, shortstop Armando Cruz last year, Christian Vaquero is going to be that impact bat for them, provided that he develops. He's a little bit older than your typical international signee. A lot of those Cuban players are. So there's a chance to get him involved. I would expect him... Uh, and Cruz to be on that same track to make the major leagues around the same time. They'll be on that same track through the minors. But talking about signing big names, Yankees uh, signed the number one overall prospect, shortstop uh, Roderick Arias from the Dominican Republic. He's 6'2", 178. Uh, And unlike a lot of the Yankees shortstop prospects, he's expected to actually stick at shortstop. Uh, Defensively, he's got... Great range. He can make throws from from every platform. Uh, Good footwork and soft hands. And so he has the skills to play shortstop at the major league level. A lot of the guys the Yankees have, I'm thinking Yasin Dominguez, a lot of guys like that are probably going to have to move off of short. But you can see the work. And and Arias is another guy in that line. The Yankees have really focused on building up the shortstop position in the farm. And I think this guy probably has the best defensive profile of anybody they have for shortstop. Offensively, he's got above average uh, strike zone awareness, good contact skills, and he's got plate discipline. Uh, he rarely swings and misses. He's usually going to get the bat on the ball, even if it's just to foul it off or something. Um, has power from both sides, but he's really more effective as a righty. Uh, he has the potential to be a plus-plus hitter with some opposite field power, from the left side. So the question's going to be, how does he develop? I don't think we see, we have a ton of uh, switch hitting shortstops, but he's a guy who he should be able to stick. 
You have to question, obviously, as you do with any Latin American prospect, how long is it going to take him to get to the major league level? Obviously, he's not going to be an impact for the next few years, but he does give the Yankees somebody that they know that can actually go out there and play at shortstop. And then kind of looking at some of the other some of the other teams that did a lot and worked a lot, the Dodgers had a tiny pool. So the way it works for international free agency is the size of your the size of your draft pool, or sorry, of your bonus pool, uh, is based on what you do in Major League Free Agency the previous year. So the Blue Jays and Dodgers had the lowest pools because they spent the most last offseason. Their limit was about $4.6 million. Everybody else was at like 5.1 or 5.7 or even 6.2. So the Dodgers didn't have a lot there, but they still were able to get two top 50 prospects. They signed two shortstops, uh, Javier Osoro for $2.2 million and Samuel Gill for $1.2. So... The Dodgers are really hoping that they can they can get some of these young guys to to really get some depth uh, and start the new season off right when it comes to the shortstop position. And talking about starting new stuff off right, it is the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. So if yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, whatever you think it might be, uh, include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, it makes it easy to stick to your healthy because it tastes good. It's good for you. Um, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So if you're not a huge fan of eating healthy, know that this is like a treat for you more so than this is this is some sort of... of a bad for you, you know, candy bar. It's just not that. This is good for you. Go find all your secret treat stashes and replace what's there with built bars. You can do a different flavor in each stash. They've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, mint brownie. Keeps on going, keeps on going. Uh, and they have a lot of limited time flavors. So go to built.com, check out what's new while you're there. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Uh, again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. And looking at, you know, some of the some of the teams that I just, I found what they did interesting and I kind of wanted to talk about it. The Orioles. Uh, the Orioles finally have an international presence. They haven't really done a whole lot internationally uh, pretty much had no presence before Mark Elias, the general manager, joined the team in late 2018. Uh, but right now they're constructing a new facility down there in the Dominican. And they've spent the last two or three years really trying to recruit these guys. As we talked about last Wednesday with Jeff Paternostro, uh, a lot of these international prospects agree to deals multiple years before it's time to sign. It's kind of like it's kind of like colleges do when they're recruiting football players. You'll hear, you often hear about quarterbacks will have a commitment. They'll already be committed, verbally committed to a school before their junior year. Uh, and then after they, you know, after their senior year, they sign the letter of intent and actually go to the school. International free agency works a lot like that, except when they actually sign, they're like 16, which means that you're negotiating, you're offering 14-year-old kids. It's really not a great system, but uh, the Orioles finally have a presence. They set a team record. It was a $1.7 million bonus to an international amateur, uh, and they signed 24 total players. One of theirs was actually a 
Cesar Prieto. He's a shortstop from Cuba. He's 22 years old. And so unlike a lot of Latin American players who sign and then spend a year or a year and a half in Latin America at an academy before they even make it to rookie ball in the States, uh, Cesar Prieto is actually going to start in probably double A this year simply because he is farther advanced, uh, both physically and time in the game. So he's going to be able to make a significant impact for them a lot sooner than you would have expected. But uh, the Brewers, Brewers did that thing they do. They signed a massive class. They got 33 players. We see them do this quite a bit. Um, They picked up 15 guys from the Dominican, uh, 15 guys from Venezuela, three guys from Nicaragua. Interestingly, all three guys from Nicaragua were all right-handed pitchers. Just interesting how that works. Uh, but the headliners here, they had. there's two different guys that I thought were really interesting. Again, both shortstops. Again, you'll see a lot of that uh, simply because that's where you put your best, best athlete uh, in youth baseball is at shortstop. So uh, one of them, Johnny Severino, he's a switch hitter, uh, power Good speed, great arm. I really expect him to stick it short uh, for the Orioles again. If he, I mean, sorry for, for the Brewers again. If he works that out, and then uh, Johan Barrios, he's probably going to have to move off the position. He's got a large frame, uh, but he's got good quickness, solid arm. He's got power at the plate, so he projects out to somebody who you would see him at a corner outfield, a uh, corner infield spot, possibly corner outfield spot, depending on his on his speed but uh, probably not going to stay at short uh, just simply because of his frame. And we saw they they weren't afraid to sign an older player. In that group of 33, they had a 21-year-old Roman Perez. So they went out and got a guy that was a little bit older, um, but somebody who they thought fit their system well. And same thing, uh, same thing as we saw with Cesar Prieto of the Orioles. He's, going to, he's not going to uh, stay... In the Dominican, he's he's going to come up and he's going to be in the minors this upcoming season, assuming we have a season. Uh, so, upside of signing the, an older prospect, usually one they're a little bit cheaper, and then two you can you can put them in the minors right away. They don't need that extra year or two of development in the Dominican Summer League. Cardinals, Cardinals set uh, set history. St. Louis Cardinals signed the first Asian amateur in the International Free Agency Draft, outfielder Juan Ben Cho. So he's uh, he's a, a lefty outfielder from Korea. He just graduated high school, and he actually withdrew his name from the KBO draft to instead try his hand at MLB. Um, lefty athletic swing has a really advanced hitting approach, and they actually he got on MLB team's radar. He was doing a showcase, and he won a home run derby at Globe Life Field. Uh, in November 2020. So that's how he got on the radar of a lot of these MLB teams was because he was because he was out there hitting home runs in a National League ballpark. I mean, that was that was kind of significant. So he's the first Asian American player. Same thing as a lot of the others. Uh, you know, he is he is younger. I do believe since he is 18, he is going to go ahead and enter the minors right away. So Again, once this lockout's over and we have a minor league season, he'll be, I would imagine, in rookie ball, and he'll follow the normal progression. He won't take a year or two before he gets here. Uh, That's one of those things where anybody outside of the U.S. and Cuba is in the international draft. So if it's a baseball player from Europe, a baseball player from Korea, wherever it may be, they're still in international free agency. There isn't a different process to enter unless you are already 
contracted to a team in Asia, that's where you see the posting system come into play. Uh, If you are already part of a team in Japan or in Korea and you want to come to MLB, that's a different process. But since he is not part of an organization in Korea, he, he can choose to enter himself into the, uh, the international free agency for MLB. And he has done that. So really excited to see that talking about things. We're really excited to see, uh, bet online does want to wish you a happy new betting year. We are continuing our March to the playoffs. Uh, the NFL playoffs were this, this most recent weekend. We saw quite a bit of, of, uh, Fun outcomes there, whether it was the the Bills beating the Patriots, the Cowboys losing to the 49ers last minute there. But BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. So sign up today, get, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. They've got football in the playoffs, like I said, but they've got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC. So take it, don't, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available right now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Remember, it's a 50% welcome bonus using promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Bet online is where the game starts. For the final segment, I wanted to talk about some teams that I thought were a little bit out of character with what they did um, in international free agency this year. And the first one is the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves were out of character simply because they were actually in international free agency. So if you remember, um, the Braves lost 13 prospects back in 2017. Former uh, GM John Cavallo was banned for life. And what they decided, what MLB decided after the investigation was that uh, Atlanta had circumvented the international signing rules from 2015 to 2017. And they actually didn't get punished for making agreements with players because everybody does that. Everybody makes agreements before they're actually supposed to. Uh, that's that's the open secret behind international free agency is everybody's breaking the rules. And if everybody's breaking the rules, nobody says anything. But what MLB did, is, I'm sorry, what the Braves did in 2015 and 16 is... They gave they got extra signing bonus money to five players by giving it to a different player and having them funnel it to the other five. And um, if the money had been counted correctly, the Braves would have exceeded the amount of their bonus pool by more than 5%, and they would have had restrictions going forward on the amounts of bonuses they could give players. So because of that, Uh, MLB voided the contracts of nine different players the Braves would have been ineligible to sign. The most noteworthy one was an infielder from Venezuela, Kevin Maitan. He had received a $4.25 million signing bonus. Um, And then, so those guys all got to go sign somewhere else. And then Atlanta went ahead and had different restrictions I think they lost a total of like $16 million in bonuses for prospects who were no longer in the organization. Uh, there was a couple guys that they had verbal agreements with. They were not allowed to sign. They lost a third round selection in the amateur draft the next June. Uh, and like I said, the general manager was banned for life. And so they had restrictions going on for a couple of years as far as how much they could do for prospects, what they could do. And so they finally, this was the first year without having any sort of restrictions on international free agency and what they could do. So the Braves signed 14 players. Uh, 
uh, including two top prospects. So uh, Diego Benitez is a 17-year-old shortstop. They spent $2.5 million to sign him. Uh, Douglas Glaude was uh, is almost 17 years old. I think he turned 17 the week that this show comes out. I think it's like Wednesday or something. Uh, but he signed for $1.3 million. And then they signed two other guys to deals over 100000 They signed uh, two catchers from Venezuela, Alexander Martinez for 400000 and Joe Snyder or Alana for 175000 And then everybody else, they, they took the remaining bonus pool and signed as many guys as they can. And when you look at the Braves farm system, they've graduated a lot of top talent to the, to the bigs, right? I mean, they've graduated... Austin Riley and Dansby Swan. I mean, a lot of guys have hit the big league level. Tucker Davidson, the pitcher, Waskar Yanoa, obviously Freed and Soroka and all those guys. And then they have a lot of prospects who are at that, that um, tri- like they're getting ready to debut, whether it's William Contreras, Shea Langleers, Drew Waters and Christian Pache, a lot of high-level guys. But the lower levels of the Braves system really just were missing that depth that they would have gotten from these international signees. The guys that you didn't sign in... 17 and 18 those are your your double a players now and so the braves are really starting to feel the impact of not having international free agents the last few years or being restricted in who they could sign by not having those top level guys in single a and double a from the international free agent realm all of the guys they have now are draft guys so they get one out after they did those those four guys that got deals, two seven-figure deals, um, two six-figure deals, everybody else got under 100,000. And they signed four, you know, 14 total players. So 10 players all got under 100,000 to join the system because the Braves need numbers. The Braves need numbers in the lower levels of the minors. So low A, high A, um, double A. And that's what they did. Uh, more teams behaved out of character. The Rockies don't normally get super involved in international free agency. The Rockies like to do this fun thing. They kind of, I'm going to call it nibble around the edges. They kind of like to try to find um, lesser known, like overlooked prospects, lesser known guys, and, and, you know, kind of just play around the edges. But this year they kind of jumped in the pool. Uh, They spent, what was it here? They spent $2.8 million for a Cuban shortstop, 18 year old Diane Jorge. Uh, So, 15th overall prospect, I think it was Baseball America said had him rated as that. He defected from Cuba after playing for various Cuban national teams. And he um he's a glove first prospect, so he's expected to be one of their better defenders in the minor league system already, but offensively he has to catch up to where the glove is. And it's this is interesting. Colorado hasn't had a lot of success with international free agents, but they also haven't really invested in international free agents. Uh, I'm trying to, th- I think the only two significant IFAs they've gotten, um, they signed Juan Uribe in 97 as an 18 year old. And obviously he made his mark with other teams. And then in 93, they signed Nephi Perez. He was 20 and he went on, obviously he won a gold glove in 2000. But I think that's about it. They really haven't had the success in international free agency, but they also haven't really invested in international free agency. So if anything, I want this to work out for them so that the Rockies are more willing to go find ta- talent in international free agency. Uh, the White Sox did some interesting stuff. They gave seven figures to a Dominican player. They usually scout and sign a lot of Cuban players, but uh, lefty outfielder Eric Hernandez, they gave him a million dollars to sign. 
And this is an interesting scenario. He both the, both the guys I want to talk about for the White Sox were really interesting to me. They uh, they both have I kind of feel like um, high upsides but low floors. So Eric Hernandez, he's if he can tap into his power potential, he's going to be an offensively focused uh, corner outfielder. Think like a Nick Castellanos or somebody. So he's either going to be a power hitting steal or just a guy. You know, he's going to lack star upside and it's going to be like that was seven figures to a guy from the Dominican. We don't do that a lot and it didn't work out. But it's just a really interesting scenario. I don't necessarily know why you go for somebody who you know is going to be restricted to a corner outfield spot or like a like a first baseman. If you sign a first baseman um, in international free agency, that, I mean, that's a guy who's going to be severely limited on your team. Like, like, like I mentioned earlier, you typically want to sign the more athletic guys. They also, the Oscar Colas situation is really interesting. Uh, he's a he's a right fielder from Cuba, fifth best player in this year's class by MLB.com. And that you've probably heard of him talked about if you've been following this, the Cuban Otani. He pitched professionally in Cuba, has gotten up to the mid-90s in the mound. But he's not going to pitch anymore. He's just going to be another one of those older Cuban prospects with plus raw power that the White Sox have added to their system. They've done this for years now. And just like the guy they signed last year, Yolquiz Cespedes, uh, the thing with Colas is he hasn't played in a while. So he had a dispute with the Fukuda SoftBank Hawks in Japan. So he had to get out of that. And then he had to declare for MLB free agency internationally. And he had to wait for the next signing period. Both last year and this year, the signing period got pushed from July to January. So now he's had a layoff. And the question is, can he develop his hit tool enough to get his power to show up after having this long layoff? He hasn't recorded a lot of game action since like 2019. So he's 23 years old. And I think what's going to happen is the White Sox are going to get him playing in the States as soon as possible so they can kind of make up for some of that lost time. Um, There's a lot of, I mean, we obviously, there's another... 11 months these guys can still sign for. So there's going to be more news trickling out. This isn't all of the signings. I think it was last year there was a total of 425 players signed. So you're going to be another big cycle. We've got plenty of time. You have 11 months to finish your bonus pools. So we're going to be updating this periodically as more stuff is, uh, as more guys sign, as more teams make their announcements. Obviously some of these announcements here, some of this news isn't official yet. Uh, sources say this guy is going to sign or reports are that this guy's discussing a deal with this team. And if you want to hear more about how this works, how international free agency works and how it's not the most equitable and fair system, go back, find last Wednesday, Wednesday's episode of Locked on MLB Prospects available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can hear more about me and Jeff Paternostro from Baseball Perspectives talking about how International free agency isn't really the best system, and there's got to be some better way to do this. When you're done with this, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB. Sully does a great job at discussing uh, baseball as a whole over there. Tomorrow's episode he's putting out is actually me and him having an extended conversation about some of the free agent openings uh, and who's going to go there. I believe we talk about Carlos Correa, about Freddie Freeman. We talk about if Brian Reynolds is going to get moved. Um, And then 
who, what do these teams do? Like, say, what do the uh, what do the Astros do if Correa doesn't come back? What do the Braves do if Freeman doesn't come back? How can they fill these spots? It's a great conversation, so go check it out. Make that your second listen, Locked On MLB. But the thing to remember about this show, available wherever you get your podcasts and here on YouTube, five days a week, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. 